0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you must be so excited.
1: Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at MoonPig.com. MoonPig.com
2: This is a podcast from The beginning. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore... While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping. It was the latest installation of The Gargle, the Sonic Glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a Visual World Special Collector's Edition Halloween episode. I'm your spooky host, Alice Fraser. Imagine me writing all these jokes with plastic vampire fangs in, though of course I had to take them out for the recording because no one wants to hear that level of audio realism. Your guest editors for the Spooky Edition are Helen Zaltzman and John Luke Roberts. Welcome. Hello, thank you. Hello. Oh, yeah, hello. (laughs) Can you describe uh, your costumes?
3: Yes, I'm dressed as late-stage capitalism, uh, the truly terrifying (laughs) costume.
0: And I'm dressed as Donald Duck, so I'm wearing a sailor's costume but naked from the waist down.
2: Excellent. The perfect Zoom Halloween outfit. The front cover of the magazine shows a witch on a broom, but she's also a sexy buxom 1940s-style pin-up girl. The headline, The scariest thing is sexiness. (laughs) And the satirical cartoon this week is someone so utterly devastated about a foreign war that they've half-read five articles and fully tweeted about it at least eight times. Profoundly moving when someone spends their literal online reputational currency on complex geopolitics. (laughs) Because this is a collector's edition, as we plunge into this magazine, we're including historical Halloween tales. And our opening story is from May 2020, our quarantine section. This is people who in lockdown in, in 2020 believed their houses were haunted. John Luke, you look ghostly. Can you tell us about this story?
0: I don't know whether to take that as a... So by ghostly, you mean sort of translucent or... Uh, <laughs> Timeless. 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 <laughs> Keep moving things around and annoying you. That's the that's my yeah. Have the look of a man who would like put plates in the line when they're meant to be in a stack. That's another yeah. story. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know some of these ghosts are so boring. So, well, this is this this is the story in like do something interesting with it. Not just like if you're gonna if you're gonna move the keys, then you know arrange them so they look like a a, a silhouette of hyacinth bouquet from Keeping Up Appearances. Look, the point is. There's a story in the New York Times where they've, I think the journalist has interviewed probably friends who've Mm. seen ghosts during lockdown and have been locked down with ghosts and not realised they were ghosts until they got locked down.
3: Or are they the ghosts themselves? Because let's face it, a lot of our personalities are feeling quite spectral after lockdown.
0: That is true. I mean, a similar thing happened to me uh, when I'd find my stuff not in the place that I left it. Um, but then I remember I, I was married, so I wasn't isolating. I was, it was, it was somebody
2: else in the <laughs> house to do. Uh, Helen, have you had a ghost housemate? It's quite possible.
3: I've had some housemates that um, sort of clanked around and um, made weird noises, so probably. But it's also, when you live in a house in Britain, if you think every weird noise it makes is a ghost, then um, that's a like flock of ghosts you're living with.
2: Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I don't believe in ghosts. Even if they were true, I wouldn't believe in them. Because I don't think they need encouraging. It just makes them <laughs> arrogant. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like if they do exist, what the best thing you can do is ignore them.
0: Or just sit, sit there while they're making the noises and just shout, "You're just plumbing," and see how they <laughs> like that.
2: I mean, I've had an incel say that to me once. It's just plumbing. <laughs> You're just plumbing. Ah, uh, that's
3: gender, isn't it? It's just plumbing. It's just plumbing. But uh, these people also, someone pointed out that they didn't used to be at home all day and therefore privy to all the noises a building makes at certain times. So it could just be that.
0: Yeah, I like the idea that buildings are quite considerate.
2: Yeah, it also implies that most of these ghosts are daytime ghosts.
0: If your building knows it makes a lot of noises, then it goes, well, I don't want to keep them awake. I'll I'll wait till they leave the house and then I'll do Mm. all the noises then. But then, oh no, these people, they're in me all the time now. I'm just going to have to get the noises out of the way while they're here. There's nothing I can do about it.
3: Yeah, just trying to be considerate. I appreciate it.
0: What I'm saying is I don't believe in ghosts for the premise of this line I'm saying, but I do think that houses are probably sentient. This is probably just sentient houses.
2: (laughs) Your ad section now, because we're all haunted by consumer regrets. Also, I got my second Pfizer shot this morning, so if you're the kind of person who's creeped out by that, I'll throw that in the cauldron. I'm all for the experimental use of a vaccine that only 1.86 billion other people have already tried. Do you want to banish a haunting but don't want to be the victim of some spooky monster? Ever thought about banishing at a distance? The Exodrone 5000 for all your ghost banishing needs. Essentially just a crucifix glued to a Roomba, you can send your Exodrone 5000 into any flat surface haunting location to banish both ghosts and unsightly dust. Now with vape suck function to slurp up spooky mist and condense a ghostly vapour down to half a glass of fresh clean water hey what's that noise sounds like a ghost who should we call the police no call goat butlers if you live in a world of ghosts and the supernatural try a goat butler dignified cheap and a wonderful way to spice up your party they'll eat your napkins but they'll bottle the shit out of your overtly wealthy life plus very instagrammable goat butlers Google Goat Butlers or type in http colon forward slash forward slash www.angelfire.lycos.com slash goat butlers 77.
0: Planning for your next
1: trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen,
2: Helen Zoltzman, now it's time for your scary story. Scary story section now. Helen, tell us us something that's going to terrify us.
3: Well, I bring you a scary story from my hometown of Tunbridge Wells, which (laughs) is uh, uh, scary things are often happening there. It is a a conservative stronghold for a start, so a lot of the scary things are voting. (laughs) So a few years ago, some locals called the police because blood-curdling screams were coming out of a pub. And um, the police went along and heard all this like, ah! and, and went in and discovered that it was people shooting a horror film and he'd interrupted a blowtorch torture scene. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's pretty good. Was the haunting in that instance like the ghost of a horror film?
3: No, it was the, the original horror film. And then presumably now it's the ghost of the horror film because I'd imagine years later the shooters finished.
2: There hasn't been a horror film here in twenty years it's all <laughs> It's all a horror film here, but then I did
3: wonder if uh, a lot of the people hearing ghosts in their New York apartments maybe just live next door to foley artists who are working from home.
2: <laughs> that's very true, yes, or voice actors desperately trying to pitch in for ads,
3: yeah, doing castings.
2: Have you ever stumbled across a horror movie in action or being filmed?
3: Well, that's a really good question. Sometimes you might not know until it's too late and uh, you're covered in blood and and it's done.
2: Sometimes you're halfway through a family dinner and you wonder if someone's filming this.
0: I've been very annoyed when the route I want to walk through in a city is blocked by filming. Uh, And I've been very arsy with the people telling me I have to go a different way. And I've Mm -hmm. regretted it immediately every time. And I've just, as I go the different way, think, well, they're just doing their job. As you hear the blood-curdling screams and the explosions of the thing. That's as close as I've got to stumbling over a, a horror movie. Spooky.
3: Could have been your big break. It could have been.
0: It could have been. It could have been. Could it? Could it have been? Oh no! If
2: you just kept walking, I imagine, and just ignored the instructions to stop, you'd definitely be in some of the film.
0: That's how Tom Cruise got started. He wasn't meant to be in Cocktail. <laughs> he just uh, he just refused to, he refused to change his route.
3: I got stuck behind the night bus from Harry Potter Three being filmed in London one evening. Mm-hmm. As in, I was in a real bus stuck behind a fake bus on some artificial tracks.
2: <laughs> did the real bus go the same route as the fake bus?
3: Yeah, it did, yeah. Sorry, there's not much point to that story. Just being stuck behind film sets, like, it's not a happy ending.
2: I like that. No, that's definitely on trend with our Halloween theme, which is what's real and what isn't real, I think, is the question. Isn't that what happens on Halloween? The barriers between the worlds become thin. Yeah, People yeah, yeah, rub yeah, yeah. themselves up against them.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Gossamer thin, you know, the veil, all that. I just realised I once stumbled over the film set of a sitcom I hadn't been cast in, although I'd had an audition the week before. That was very (laughs) annoying, because then I had to change my route, and it was also, I didn't get the part then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have for Helen Zaltzman's Scary Story. Now there's a pop-out horror fact, a little box at the corner of the magazine that says, Rachel Dolezal has an OnlyFans now. That's a terrifying warning about the dangers of cancel culture and what that can lead to. (laughs) This is our smelly ghosts section. Helen Zaltzman, have you ever smelled a ghost? Tell us about this story.
3: <laughs> I mean, how do you know whether what you're smelling is a ghost or not a ghost?
2: Um, It's that burned bready smell. No, wait, that's toast. I don't yeah, the know. whole of
3: Edinburgh smells of ghost toast. <laughs> well, this is a, a smell ghost in a pub called the White Hart in Wiltshire. And apparently it sometimes touches or scratches people and it mm. has B.O. Now... If you've ever been in a pub in England, you will have noted certain unsavoury smells just like emitted by the carpets. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where ghosts live, in pub carpet.
2: Yeah, it's entirely possible. I, when I, had to, I just started um, sort of being out and about in the world when they banned smoking in pubs in Australia. And I think everyone took a little bit of time to come to terms with what pubs actually smell like without the smoke. And it's awful. Mm, it's
3: incredibly confusing. Maybe you could get air freshening that smells like old tobacco just to cover up whatever other shit is uh, wafting around. They also say that they've caught uh, this spectral trail on CCTV because ghosts are the only possible explanation for CCTV in a pub being a bit smudgy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so they didn't show this. Spe- I was I was going, oh, great. I'd love to see that. Oh, oh, you don't have it available for me to. Oh, OK. I, I understand.
2: Yeah. Only true believers get to see. Yes, this is a story reported in the mirror and they said that it's been caught on camera and then they showed a picture which was not a picture of the thing no. <laughs> that it was being caught on camera. I
0: will say, like, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it's fairly normal to, you know, to break wind and then blame it on the dog, but it takes a certain amount of chutzpah <laughs> to do it and then blame it on the ghost of a former landlord who lived in this pub many years ago. <laughs>
2: Also, I mean, if it was a former landlord, go, go home, just relax. Who who hangs yeah. out at their place of work?
0: Yeah, clock off, sir. They suggested that it was because they'd redecorated and he got cross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure. I take it back. That's a very landlordy thing to do.
0: Yeah, they're like what's the unfinished business? Oh no, I put up my I my flock wallpaper up, and they've changed it for this horrible mint paint.
3: It's turned into a gastropub now. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably kids allowed in there. It's Probably serve food. Ugh. Family friendly.
0: More than just carling on the taps. I've gotten
3: rid of the
2: quiz machine.
3: <laughs> also, when uh, pub staff feel hands touching them. I used to work in a bar and um, the sanctity of not being touched by people was very rarely obeyed by drunk punters.
2: Mm. That's
3: true. Or ghosts.
2: I mean, the sanctity of not being touched by people is now currently in- in- ensconced in law where I am and people are still doing it. Yeah, the ghosts made them.
0: Well, it's par to blame your sexual assault on a, on a ghost of a former landlord who's turned up. <laughs> and started attacking your staff. Oh, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. You won't, right, here we go. There's a smell, and when it comes around, then... You, so, look, listen.
2: Do you think they could just exorcise the BO?
0: And keep the rest of it?
2: Yeah, for the cachet. It's possible, but I, I feel like you could get some unexpected scent interactions. So, for example, if you sprayed the BO with lynx, it would become even more sexually predatory.
3: <laughs>
2: I don't know if lynx is a universal reference here. <laughs> lynx Africa. The smell of aggressive teenage sexuality? Y-
0: yes, for you. Yes, for the UK. Yes, for the UK. Okay. I-, I can't speak to the rest of the world. In Africa, lynx Africa is not very popular at all. It might be called <laughs> lynx here, but I don't know if anyone buys it.
2: Well, yes, insert your um, relevant eau de cologne of pervert for whatever place you're listening in. <laughs>
0: um, could I just also, I'd like to say that this ghost, it, um, to go back to the point about ghosts doing pretty boring things, like rattling things, but, this ghost is one of the He opens the ice machine and closes it. He, he, he tugged on somebody's bag. He moved a measure of spirits an inch along the bar. Bu- he is... He took some plates off the top of a fridge and he put them in a line. I mean, what? <laughs> smash them! They're right that You could smash those. I mean, these ghosts need a bit more imagination. It would be
2: easier to smash them than it would be to lay them out in a line, in fact. trying to help... <laughs> Yeah, he's a very helpful ghost, a very helpful, smelly, sexually predatory ghost.
0: I think there's probably a gap in the market for somebody to, you know, a parapsychologist or something, not to try and get rid of the ghosts, but to, you know, get the ghosts to explore, you know, the limits of their imagination and and maybe to really get in touch with their creative selves.
3: Mm. Right, build up their confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, there could be a, what's it called, a masterclass, you know, an online. You could sell, cheer up ghosts, do something
2: better. There was a lady who kept getting in the news because she'd married a ghost and then she was possessed by a ghost and then it was, it was this, she got, kept getting into the same news. And I, I think it was the Daily Mail and I think maybe after the fourth or fifth story they, they got a little bit suspicious of her newsworthiness.
0: Was she possessed by the same ghost or a different ghost?
2: I would have to go back and read those stories okay, and I'm nothing saying. you can do will make me do that. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our scent section Halloween news. There's a pop out spooky Halloween fact on this page too. Did you know that rising mist in graveyards is 90% just goths vaping? It's much less creepy if you're actually there in person. It smells like dank bubblegum. And now it's time for John Luke Roberts' scary story. John Luke Roberts, what have you brought in for us?
0: I have brought in the terrifying story of Mrs. Butler who wanted to buy a nice big house and had the money to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, uh, I was reading the 14 Times, as uh, as you should, and this is in the the early 20th century. There was this woman called Mrs. Butler who lived in Ireland and she kept having a vivid dream of, uh, by the way, this isn't really a funny story, but I think it's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) She kept having a vivid dream where she was walking around a beautiful, lovely house that she really liked and she this big sort of gatehouse. And she told her family about it and they didn't really care. But eventually they started looking for a new house in England and they looked at these various big country manors and she was walking around one of these houses and saying, this is the house I've dreamt about. This is, We need to buy this house. This is my dream house. And they made an offer to buy it and they were offered a very, very low offer. And they were told, uh, and they got a bit suspicious about this and said well why are they offering it for so little money and the estate agent told them from the family well it's because it's haunted but you don't need to worry um, because the figure that haunts it Mrs Butler is you and that <gasps> she'd been seen walking around the house when she'd been dreaming about it and that had been enough to bag the house for herself um, so that, yeah, that's a bit of <laughs> astral projection news from the early 20th century uh, it's exciting um, isn't it
2: that it's is fun. very very exciting no. I thought this was going to be the invention of that, um, the secret, the Hollywood thing where you project things in the universe and then you get them because you're very lucky.
0: Well, in a way, it, it could be, couldn't it? I do worry about what, where my dreams may have taken me because I've, I've certainly interrupted a lot of exams naked and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to deal with those lawsuits. <laughs>
2: Thank you for that scary story, John Luke Roberts. Uh, there's a spooky pop-up fact on this page too, uh, which is rats can't vomit. Did you know that rats can't vomit? Uh, which is not so spooky, uh, but it is really sad if you imagine that rats are disgusted by the same things that we're disgusted by.
0: Well, like rats? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like rats. <laughs> and they can never vomit to show it.
0: I don't mean to push you. Can other rodents vomit? Is this a, like a rat-specific thing?
2: I don't know. I don't know if it's a rodent-specific thing or if it's a rat-specific thing, but I know it is for rats. It's mm. one of the reasons why rat poison works. Yeah.
3: Did you get this fact off Andy? Because this is one of the few facts we have in my family. <laughs>
2: it gets passed around. When
3: people ask you, what's your favourite fact? That's the only one I can ever think of. <laughs> I have to find out other things that can't vomit.
0: Mice can't vomit. What about, you know, hamsters? Have they developed those cheeks so it looks like they're always in the process of vomiting just to make them feel like they can, even though they can't?
2: <laughs> Horses can't vomit. Oh. I mean, at this point, we, we might as well say what can vomit rather than what can't.
0: Cats and humans can vomit. I've seen a dog vomit, or I've seen dogs dog yeah, vomit. Yeah, definitely vomit. Snakes probably can't vomit. There's birds which, like, birds obviously vomit, but they, that's, a, that's a feeding method. And, like, skeletons and stuff, they vomit out, don't they, the stuff they eat?
2: Can cows
3: vomit? Oh no, because cows have the cud chewing. Cows vomit from one stomach
2: into the other.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. There's just five stomachs, so it never comes out the front. It's always just, they sort it out by the time it gets to that stage. Stomach five, stomach four, stomach three.
2: I wonder if cows have the saying, you know how we have the saying sometimes, oh, that made me vomit in my mouth a little bit. Uh, If cows say, oh, that made me vomit in my second stomach a little bit. Now it's time for our reviews section. As with every week, our hosts have brought in something to review out of five stars. John Luke Roberts, you've brought us in something spooky to review out of five stars. What have you brought?
0: I would like to review the act of wearing non-spooky costumes on Halloween, like dressing up as a superhero or dressing up as a princess or dressing up as, you know, well, a dog or whatever. It is not on. It is not in the spirit of the game. You should be turning up only in things which are scary. Preferably with blood on. Preferably with a witch's hat. Any non-spooky Halloween costumes should mean you do not get given any sweets when you go trick or treating, and that is what I would do if I were an adult handing out sweets in a place where trick or treating happens a lot. I give wearing non-spooky <laughs> costumes for Halloween naught stars out of minus one stars out of five. Get some gumption.
2: And Helen, what's the spooky thing you've brought in to review? I'm going review trick or treating.
3: Because it's basically extortion, right? It is. Pay us or we will f*** your shit up. I give that one star. Oh, sure, it's like cute kids or whatever. I mean, just look at the principles you're teaching them.
0: Can I also, um, Helen, this is exactly why my mum wouldn't let me go trick-or-treating when I was a child. You have adopted exactly my mum's position on the matter.
3: It just didn't happen when I was a child. We didn't really bother with Halloween in the early to mid-80s. when in I was In Tunbridge a- Wells? In Tunbridge Wells, no, no. <laughs> The driveways were too long, it was exhausting.
2: <laughs> My mum always thought that uh, Halloween had become too Americanized, uh, so we were never allowed to do it. She disapproved of American things because she mistrusted American cultural imperialism in all ways. But we did discover when we were about 13 that the American embassy, which was uh, in the suburb adjacent to ours, would give out Halloween candy on Halloween, uh, even before it became trendy, with the rise of social media and people being able to be jealous of people in other countries. So you could go to the American embassy and get American sweets, but we would have to pretend that we weren't doing that because Mum disapproved of Halloween. So it was like like people going out and then pulling their skirts shorter before getting to school, Uh, but we would go out and then slightly spook ourselves up. To trick or treat. Thus she taught you the meaning of fear. This one house. Just the one house, the American embassy, which would give you American sweets.
0: Did you have a was there a minimum amount of effort into the uh costume that you had to make to get the sweets?
2: No, absolutely no. not. They were okay. Americans. I assume we all looked scary to them. Huh. I've come as a Australian child in springtime. <laughs> <laughs> well we would come as twins, which we were. But not non identical twins. <laughs> which we also were. That's funny,
0: isn't it? Non-identical twins, a lot less spooky. A lot less much, spooky.
2: Much less spooky. Huh. What, what we would do is, uh, instead of speaking in unison, we would finish one another's sentences, which is like speaking in unison, but not...
0: <laughs> Come play with us forever yep. and ever. It's more of an improv game, isn't it? That's not
2: going <laughs> to... It is. Happy Halloween! And now it's time for our tech section. Helen Zaltzman, tell us about this camera hack news this is from december 2019
3: yeah i mean this is kind of a brilliant prank but also a really horrible one a hacker took over the webcam of an eight-year-old girl and told her that she was santa it's it's not even a webcam i think it's like the family's security like spy cam on their daughter and uh, you can hack into those and he told her that he's her best friend so very sad to be uh, gaslit in this way. It's going to give her trust issues later, which is the true horror. And uh, he told her to, to smash up her room. I don't know that she did, like, but I suppose if there's the threat from Santa, you probably would, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, so Santa turns up and says, don't you want to be my best friend? And by the way, smash up your room. Uh, yeah. What we found out is she's a bad kid because she didn't do it
3: no presents for her from uh, Hacker Santa.
2: Well, John Luke, does this make you mistrust baby monitors, or does it make you mistrust Santa, or does it make you mistrust little girls? Yes. <laughs>
0: yes, two or three. Um, no, I, well, baby monitors, I'm fine with, I mean, baby monitors is one thing. High-tech baby monitors, that's probably where the, the trouble is. I mean, putting in a seat and then and then the company who made them said, oh no, there's not, no security issue here. Seems a bit like there's a security issue there. I was more thinking about who, who would because they still don't know who did it, and I think if you're coming in, you're basically pretending to be Santa Claus, but a really nasty version of Santa Claus. I think it's likely to be the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy or one of Santa Claus's main rivals for the like mythic, you know, for the the mythic big bucks. Because Santa gets all the attention and all these other, you know, folkloric um, childhood leaders, leaders of leaders of children.
2: Or method actor Billy Bob Thornton playing bad Santa. Like how Mark Wahlberg said that if he'd been on one of the planes in 9-11, it wouldn't have gone down the way it did. Sometimes <laughs> actors get carried away with their roles. <laughs> I forgot about
0: that.
3: Would you, do like, punch the plane until it went back into the sky? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have a security cam, well, just a, a baby monitor in the room of an eight-year-old? Like, at that age, either spend time with them if you want to see what they're doing, or leave them alone.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, unless you think they're nicking stuff.
3: In their own room, it's theirs to nick.
0: Well, you, maybe, you, maybe you, you... All right, yeah, fair enough. You're right.
3: Robbing their own Fisher-Price bank set.
0: Well, all right. right. Let's. Well, some uh, things in that room aren't them. Um, the wallpaper, I think that's the parents.
2: Helen, I think you've put your finger on it. I think you've put your finger on it. So many times in creepy stories, they bury the lead... You know, they bury the leader uh, uh, of the creepy story. And, you know, for example, with the telltale heart, why would they bury a heart under the floorboards? That's the worst place to bury anything. Have you ever had a possum stuck under your floorboards that's died? (laughs) Put it in the freezer. (laughs) Put it in the freezer. Like, dispose of of your body parts responsibly, people. I feel like you've put your finger on the real problem here, which is why are they surveilling their fully grown child? Mm.
0: Well, I I, I mean, at least... let. Half-grown child. It's not fully grown, to be fair, but the point stands. I mean,
2: it's fully grown into a child. It's definitely not a baby. And I feel like with baby monitors, the, the phrase is in the baby and less in the monitor.
0: I see. So an eight-year-old child is basically the adult equivalent of a baby. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, you have to figure out in in two-word phrases what is the most relevant part of the phrase, like monitor lizard, not great for surveilling babies. <laughs> lizard is the relevant bit. I don't
3: know. If you had a spy lizard, though, both parts would seem kind of pertinent.
2: I mean, what is a spy lizard? A chameleon, I guess. It's a lizard
3: that's a spy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come on, Alice. (laughs) If you encountered one.
2: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I've been left behind. Now it's time for our Halloween tips section. Advice for our audience at this difficult time of year. John Luke Roberts, what are your tips for people at Halloween?
0: I've got one tip. It's a good tip. It's a big tip. It's an important tip. If you want to make out with a pumpkin... Take the candle out first. That's my tip.
2: That's a great tip. Uh, Helen Zaltzman, any tips for our audience? Well, I don't like uh,
3: dressing up in costumes much, but I got a great tip from a friend in New York who said he just put a paper bag from the supermarket over his head and went out trick-or-treating with his kid, and everyone loved his costume. They are like, it's Baghead Guy! (laughs) (laughs) It was very comfortable... Very low cost, no artificial fibres, had a great evening. Obviously not a polythene bag and make eye holes, but...
2: You're definitely not going to faint, are you? Because if you feel faint, they give you a paper bag to breathe into.
3: Mm. So you're equipped for emergencies.
2: Also, you can ripen an avocado.
0: What?
3: Well, that would make the costume a bit different than your unripe avocado guy. Wait,
0: wait, hang on. Do you put... Is this a tip? Do you put avocados in a paper bag to ripen? Is that a thing?
2: I mean, I was always told that if you wanted to ripen things, you put them in a paper bag because something, something, the oxygenation. I had
0: no idea. They
3: produce a gas and it's trapped in with them, tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. Pop a banana in there to speed things up.
2: Dorian Gray thing where you put the paper bag on your head and you age rapidly.
0: I'm really happy I did this podcast now. I've learned something Mm. very useful for my life.
2: Here's a spooky Halloween fact. Uh, Everybody has a portrait of Dorian Gray, but just most people have that portrait tattooed onto their own face. They don't age on the inside, but they do age on the outside. And that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Flipping through the ads at the end. There's a few tips here, Halloween tips left in the ad section at the end. Don't be hard on yourself. No one else will ever forgive you, so you might as well be the first. That's a tip. And Helen, do you have anything to plug?
3: I have my podcast, The Illusionist, which uh, is an entertainment show about language, which you can find in the pod places and at theillusionist.org.
2: Here's another Halloween tip. If you're ever with someone who was ever a child carer, try murdering all of their romantic feelings for you by saying something like, I can't live without you. They might stay, but you've suddenly become their sick parent in a way that will prevent all future arousal. John Luke, have you got anything to plug?
0: I do have something to plug. Uh, I have my podcast, Sound Heap, which is a big old mishmash of different people improvising different made-up podcasts, and uh, I think it's, I, I personally, as the person who made it, think it's excellent.
2: It is excellent, and I say that as somebody who's on it but also has listened to it, including the episodes that I'm not on, and it is a, a brilliant piece of audio. Uh.
0: And that's the mark, I think, that's the mark of a, of a good podcast when you listen to it when you're not on it. <laughs>
2: And that brings us to the end of the show. I'm Alice Fraser. Uh, you can find me online at, at alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E or patreon.com slash Fraser for one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons where you come and chat with me in a room. If that's something that sounds good to you, go there, patreon.com slash Fraser. This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You to from the baby, The, baby, the, post, and the baby, you
1: your Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5.